the, the sequel. So uh, just for context sake, I watched the first movie, I think, when it came out, whenever that was. It was the first year when, it was the same year when, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, I think it was 2006. Wait, what? Yeah. If uh, I remember correctly. Okay, so Borat had a rerun with Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, the same year. Really? I remember going to the theater in Brazil and having Hobbit and Borat in the same theater. Okay. So I always thought that Borat was like more recent. So yeah, the 2006 makes sense. Anyway, it's been like almost eight years since I watched the first Borat. And I don't have a good memory in the first place. So I remember, I you know what I remember from the first Borat? I remember him on the rodeo. <laughs> he was shouting, Bill Clinton will drink, no sorry, no, it's George Bush will drink the blood of the Iraqis. And did it get it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's what I remember from Borat 1. Well, like, I think that's kind of like also the kind of like the surprise, you know, like because I don't remember this being like <laughs> super promoted before or anything. It didn't have like a whole campaign. It but did. And it's honestly great because if you follow the news, there's a lot of stuff that you see now and you go, holy shit, that was Borat. Yeah. Because like you see, it was, yeah, I remember reading the headline about this. It was Borat. But, but, to be honest, like the proper like market, well not the proper, but the usual marketing didn't happen. It was like, boom, you have the movie, right? I mean, what they had, they didn't need marketing. No, exactly. Because yeah. all they needed to do was release that little Rudy Giuliani clip. No, no, no. They can watch our movie. Exactly. That, that's kind of like the point. Like they, they just by the power of the internet, like they made it happen, right? But also the, the kind of like the weird space scenario that we have with Borat is like. The humor that was kind of like the dark humor that was kind of like more even risky when Borat One came in 2006, 2007, whatever, is kind of like not acceptable in 2020 because of obvious reasons. Like it's kind of like no, I think it was no, I think it went I think it went even farther. Like I think the what movie the movie starts great. The movie like the movie got in its first joke. When he goes, when Borat, Borat goes, I'm gonna do my best Borat impression here. America was a very great country, and it was a very good ally of Kazakhstan. But now, a very bad man controls the country. Obama. But it's good because a new man has taken his place, and it's saving the country, being a strong leader. And that happened, yeah. Because, like, setting up expectation. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you know, but me and Sasha Baron Cohen, we have the same acting coach. It's a little fun. Oh, I thought you were cousins or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I get it. Like, I'm not saying dark humor is not accepted in 2020. I just think, like, it's not something that popularly or, like, in the internet space is kind of like. It's easy to target, you know, and be like, oh, that's not acceptable, this, this and that, because of the humor that is specifically more at the character manages, you know? Yeah. But I think, like, if we're here among friends, or if you're even alone in your living room, seeing the movie or something, you can crack up and you can have a good laugh. Like, that's happened with every, like, dark humor, like, Rick and Morty, like, all these kind of, like, shows that we can see across the years. I don't think you stop enjoying, like, South Park, it's just, like, it's harder to kind of like share that experience online because there will always be one person that says like, well, they went too far or something, you know? Instead of like, well, if you watch it with your friends or even if you're just like alone in your living room watching the movie or watching the series, you're like, yeah, like it has some truth behind the joke, but also it's funny for me, you know? That, that I think is kind of like the, important of, uh, the importance of Borat within film, you know? It's kind of like all that he's saying or all, all 
it's not just the good laugh or this and that, like you also reflect upon the film once you finish it, you know? Well, let's talk about for a second how he does this, right? Because like, for people that don't know, most of the people in the horror movie do not know they're in a horror movie. In oh, fact, yeah. the whole beginning of the movie, the whole like, first few minutes is him getting to America and people recognizing him on the street and go, you're Borat, you're Borat, and then ruins the whole thing. So he, like most of the movie, he's this guy, he's, this guy, he's not dressed as regular movie one Borat, he's wearing an American disguise, right? Because people are, the whole deal with Borat is that people cannot recognize him for the jokes work. Yeah, right? Oh, well, there has to be the, the buy-in, right? The point is that this is, you know, that he's finding real people. Part of where the comedy is is that people, you're right, I mean, there is some self reflection, not just self reflection, right? well, there's a lot of some, uh, some reflection that comes from realizing that, yeah, these, these people exist and it's very unfortunate. There's a lot of funny stuff he does that you like, you know, this guy that he pulls up, like, there's a moment where when he's going, he goes, I got to go to a Trump rally, but I can't be recognized. So he puts up a KKK outfit. Oh yeah. And yeah. he brings up a suitcase. It's like KKK man going to work, and he walked into the RNC yeah. with it. And I remember when the I RNC was yeah. when the RNC was happening on Twitter, it blew up. It was like KKK man at RNC. What the fuck? <laughs> and lo and behold, it was Borat the whole time. Yeah, that's kind of as you're saying. Like it's cool to just look back at those news and it's like, oh, all the time it was just part of the film, you know? And, and, I, and I think that's why, like, this movie is important, like, some people might say, like, oh, it's just trash or, like, because of the humor, because of, like, the, the quality, like, you, you can point out a lot of things from the movie itself, but I think the importance within Borat as the whole genre or, or, or just in cinema in general, is, like, Borat is, quote-unquote, a mockumentary kind of stuff, right? But it still plays out as, as a documentary because most of the people are unaware that they're within the film, right? So it just gives like that liberty of like whatever they're stating in that moment, kind of like the, the whole thing that we see of the Democrats, the Republicans, this and that, the pastor, all this kind of stuff. Sure, it is kind of like the, the mockumentary part or the, the playing around is within the character of Borat. But then like the harsh truth is that whenever he's saying like this kind of stuff, like people are actually believing what they're saying. This is their actual belief system, you know. And then we can see it in a lot of the sketch that uh, <laughs> in a lot of the sketch that we end up seeing in the movie, right? I think like overall, like the that's kind of like the cool thing from Warwick, you know. Like it's, it's just kind of like and, and you mentioned it out of, of the air. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> this is going great. Um, no, but what you pointed out uh, off camera that uh, he made a speech that I also saw on Facebook uh, where. The whole point of the, the Borat character is kind of like to expose that these ideas and that these things are happening within America, you know? And we can see this in the movie, like, the, the objectification of women uh, with the character of Tutor, uh, also when he dresses up as Trump and goes with Michael Pence, uh, the whole the sketch of, like, Tutor finding feminism, all this kind of stuff, all these ideas that are going on, like, it's something that is actually happening in America. That is, I mean, as you mentioned, it's scary to see like that kind of like yeah. people. Well, the thing is, like Borat as a character, like he's a very interesting character of Kazakhstan, and as Sasha Cohen, Bor Sasha Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen. Let's do this. Sasha Baron. Sasha Baron. Sasha Baron Cohen. There you go. Borat. Borat was a fourth minister of Kazakhstan. The fourth British gentleman of Kazakhstan. He, after the first movie, got sent to the gulags. 
were still a thing because I decided to war at Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And worked there for 14 years until the premiere of Kazakhstan releases him to give Mikhail Pence a gift to make Kazakhstan join Donald Trump's group of bully countries for Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Turkey, and Brazil. <laughs> Actually, Brazil is mentioned as. It's, it's not just you. It's not just yeah. you. It's an accusation. Yeah. Okay. My, my president showed that for a bit. Yeah. He also mentioned something on principles. So yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's not just you. No, it's, the king is not a suit of chief. It's just. You're not, you're not that special. Oh, wow. Really? It's, it's, just, just, it's, it's just very strong virtue because your people are shitty. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> Chill. Anyway. <laughs> sorry to all the American people. Oh, sorry. Anyway, so. Uh, Totally different thing. Back to Warren. So, so he goes to America to give the gift to my pants, and the gift he has is Kazakhstan culture minister and porn actor. What's his name? Uh, Johnny the Monkey. Johnny the Monkey. Who's the monkey? Borat's daughter smuggles herself into with the same box as a monkey and meets the monkey alive. Yep. And through a series of consequences, Borat decides to give his daughter to my. Because also on Kazakhstan, on this Boris and Adam universe, Mike Pence is known as a ladies man. Yeah, and, and from there we get all these kind of like, well, it's not a montage, but we get a, a, a couple of sketches where, because at the beginning of the movie, Tutor is kind of like uh, filthy and this and that. She doesn't have the best. She's very much a feral child. Yeah, kind of. And from there, like, we get kind of like also, well, well, you know what? And I didn't show you this bit, but uh, there's a moment where. She, Remember the bit where she goes with the uh, sugar baby to kind of like learn how to be like a sugar baby? Yeah, she meets with an Instagram pink one, right? I forget her name. Uh, and it's a great, it's a, it's a Instagram influencer. She's teaching her how to be a sugar baby, and it's like, you have to be a baby. Yeah, she says something Women about. cannot be strong. She says something about you have to be submissive. You have to be submissive. Women, we can't be strong. If you want something, we gotta be weak. The man gotta be your and that's, that's where I say, like, <laughs> no, but, but with that thing, like, that's where I think kind of like the comedy and the social commentary comes into play and, and you start getting kind of like the sense of the movie, you know, because it's like, you don't agree with that, like, and, and not even, like, Tutor kind of like with some what, comments. What, what, did, did she know she was being born? The, the... No, I don't, I don't think she was, like, because that's a good thing about having the daughter, because it's just the daughter and her. So I think like that makes it more real for her because kind of like the scene. I think the actress for Tutor is her first feature film, so that makes it okay, like easier to enable kind of like those opinions and called having the daughter as the main so, driving force. So her name is her name is Macy Janelle in Contrarian. Yeah. 
Well, also, you have to realize, if, if you find like a news where she said like, oh yeah, I knew I was in the Borat movie, a lot of people will claim like, oh yeah, I know I, I was doing a part, and probably at the, at the time when they were shooting that, they didn't do anything, but they just want to look like... Yes, but that's oh, the yeah. only defense, is that I knew I was being part of a show, so I played into it. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, so, no, there's no defense for Borat got me to say, you know, some whatever shit, yeah, like you've got to be weak, other than, oh, I knew I was in a Borat movie, so I, you know, played it up. And even still, like, you, you still agree to do that part, right? So... She said it was his sleep chore. Well, <laughs> every, like, even Rudy Julian... <laughs> and then she said, then she said, this has been super difficult. So apparently she had no idea she was in a Borat movie, and she was being genuine. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think what they do, like, the crew says uh, that they're filming a documentary or something, because that also happened to the to the nanny of Tutor, uh, the black lady that uh, takes care of, of Tutor, that also, she didn't know she was being used. And also, I think she praised the, the way she was being used in the in the documentary. Well, not in Tintin, but in the, in the Borat movie. Uh, but, but that's the thing, like, all, all of these people can say I was being misled, I was being like uh, this and that, but at the end of the day, what they said on record is what they actually think. Mm -hmm. So like you can you can try to bring all the excuses that you want, but the fact of the matter is like in the movie she said you have to be a submissive woman in order to be attractive for sugar daddies. For men, I did actually saying sugar daddies would be nice to her, said man. Yeah. She's been very good as well, man. Yeah. But it's actually very funny because I got the article going here. Mm -hmm. So the article goes, Laura Chu and Sugar influencer Macy Chanel accuses Sasha Aaron Cohen of misleading her. And that's like, well, the thing is, again, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of the films. Right? Like, that's the whole point of the films is that he misleads people. Like, the actress And don't get me wrong, that's where the, you know, it's where the spirit is. You know, that's the funniest thing. The actress spelled her name wrong in the movie. Just realized that right in here. Oh, really? Yes. And and on the movie, she's giving that advice. She thinks that Tula is fifty. She's giving her this advice. Yeah. So she's talking to you. Because the the actress is like twenty four, but the whole movie they play out as she was like fifteen, right? Mm -hmm. What she said was she was misled into playing a role as someone that does not reflect who she is. She thought she was in a Netflix movie, apparently. Well, no, it's an Amazon Prime movie. <laughs> That's like Whoa.
So, if she knows that, she, if she, okay, let's say she knew that she was in a film, or didn't know that she was in a film, she thought she was in a Netflix film, or Netflix series, or whatever, she thought she was on something that was going to be viewed by millions, yeah. potentially her fans. And then, at what, like, oh, producer says, I need you to be, like, a shitty human being, um, and we're gonna upsell the fact that you were portraying you as a shitty human okay, being. Man, if you, but, you need to work on the honey. No, no, no. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Point being that, the, no, no, she would not. If she's a successful Instagram influencer, she has the sense to know that she is her own brand. She would not agree. She would just say no, because if she actually was told by producers, we're gonna, we're gonna make you look shitty, or we need you to say this, and it was against her brand, she would say, that's not my brand, this is going to be watched by millions on Netflix, this will affect my Instagram influencer brand. Because no. in, in, in that scenario, you cannot even like claim kind of like the, oh yeah, it's because I get exposure of this, like by like an audience of Netflix or something. No, because at that moment, when you get that exposure, you're not representing the brand that you're supposed to represent. So at that moment, you lose kind of like that credibility. So oh, yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense what she's saying. And she's just saying in order for people to forgive her. Like, the fact of the matter is, she said what she said, and she thought she was doing like the right thing while saying it. Yeah. So her defense, she didn't, she didn't outright state that they lied to her. But her defense was, I have enjoyed a successful modeling and acting career, where I can play any role given. In this Whoa. case, and probably many others, I did not read the script. Okay. What What is the role? You know, at the end of the day, like yeah, you know, like did she think she was? There wasn't a script, right? There wasn't a script. So, so yeah, I don't know how to do this. No, it, it doesn't. Like that, that that's the thing. Very well. And also the fact that you're saying like, oh well, she doesn't say like out loud they lied to me, but saying like misleading, like she's implying that they lied to her, and well, I think they like I mean, it's part of the show. Well, that's again, I, I don't. I mean, it's, I would say it's one of the things that I wouldn't hold against the Borat concept, but it is misleading inherently. It is. Like that's the point. I, and I, I wouldn't actually hold it against the concept because. Since he isn't a journalist, he's an entertainer. There's a bit more of a like, okay, it's for entertainment. Ultimately, he's not selling that this is fact. He's selling that it's entertainment, and it's entertainment with a message and all that. But if you were a journalist, if you were held to certain journalistic integrity standards, I would say him being misleading violates those standards. But as an entertainer, and, and this is where I think media, the great thing about media, about entertainment media and fictional media, is that you can embrace and can wrestle with topics that you might. Not necessarily be able to wrestle with in traditional like journalism, and this is a great example. It's the rules are different because he's an entertainer, and, and you know, and it's the same thing. You see the reverse example with the Fox News anchor, whatever the fuck his name is. I always forget his name. Which one? Uh, crazy man, the guy who's like who uh, always who always ends his rants with questions. Tucker Carlson. That's the guy. Yeah. So that's it. Is he has no obligation because he's not actually a journalist. He's an entertainment personality. He has no obligation to tell you the truth. He is actually not required by law to tell you the truth because he is an entertainment person. Because it's the same thing as Alex Jones. Alex Jones got away from the Sandy Hook lawsuit, mm -hmm. and his lawyer's defense was nobody believes this. Of course, this is entertainment. Okay. That's how he got away from it. Right. No, and beyond that, I think the, the important bit from here is like, sure, like, it's misleading, and I'm not saying that's like the most ethical way to do all this kind of stuff, right? But also, like, See in another scenario, like we have seen it with, for example, uh, when whenever Jimmy Kimmel mm -hmm. 
Is Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon? It's one of those where he goes and asks the question. It's the one that laughs very loud and the one that has a song. Oh, so it, it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, okay, Jimmy Fallon goes like this. Rodrigo, so did your mother really die? This guy has fucking impersonations. Jesus. Did your mom do that, Rodrigo? Yeah, it's, it's a fact. <laughs> That's Jimmy Fallon. Okay, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel. But yeah, the is one that, that is that his corporate mandated shitting on somebody. So, so Jimmy Kimmel goes like this: The wildfires in America are destroying our country, and I want to thank his firefighters who are saving lives and fighting. Oh, this just, this is fucking. I don't know where this hell this came from. <laughs> First Nations, like this guy. I don't know this, this this never happened on Zoom. But yeah, what, what is going on? What is <laughs> happening? Look, man, in person I'm funnier, but I don't say. Oh. Let, let, okay. let me, <laughs> let's see how the let's see how the views pan out. Let Comment below if you think that Arthur is funny or you're <laughs> being fucking annoying. Uh oh, good lord. Fuck whatever. Uh, <laughs> so it's keyboard found. Jimmy, let's just Jimmy. say Jimmy. Jimmy uh, Good, Jimmy. Jimmy McGill, yeah. So in those skits where they go out in, in the street and they ask like, for example, oh yeah, did you know that Mexico now is going to be part of America or something? And like they say like, oh yeah, sure, like I knew it all along. Like it's kind of like the same thing, but Bora takes it to a whole new other level. Like here, even if this like uh, influencer is trying to do or say that she was being misled or something, nobody forced her to say that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, that happened. Same thing with Rudy Giuliani. Nobody forced him to do what he did in the movie. Even if he said like, well, it's misleading, such a baron coin is like a liar and this, this and that. Nobody was forcing him to go into that bedroom. Yes. At the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that's knowing, knowing that he was in a situation where our cameras were involved too. Like at no, at no point is, from, from the clips that you showed me at least, at no point is there a situation where the cameras are, um, where, people, where people believe that there are no cameras. Yeah. There are times where it's very clearly, there are times where there's people what? believe that there are zero cameras yes. present. I'm not even suggesting yeah, yeah. that, like, so when you go to the bedroom, no, but no, 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 no. But he no. knew he was in a situation where cameras were existing. I'm not saying in the bedroom. That was very clearly a hidden camera. You could tell by the angle that was a hidden camera. But he knew he was in a situation where there was a recording, an audio recording presence, whether or not it was on, whether or not he was told that it was running, whether or not he was told that he was actively on camera at the moment. He is in an interview situation. Can you search for a quick? I actually have an answer here. Oh, okay, there you go. I actually have an answer here. So, what did Rudy Giuliani say for this? Oh, yeah, no, sure. Okay, so Rudy Giuliani said that the footage is completely fabricated and that he was stuck in his shirt. And. Oh, fuck off! Okay, you know what? I'm the last person who's going to defend America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, here. And he's very, very much in this shit. But they do reuse the same three shots. Like, it's it's the same shot. Like, it could be a jerking off. But if you watch it, it's very clearly the same shot. Well, I don't think I don't think he's jerking off. But it, it really seems like he's going to take his dick out. So I so like after hearing the touching my shirt excuse, I can see either way because it's the same shot from doing this, but from this angle, from that angle, from that angle. I yeah, the thing is, so, I, gotta, I gotta say the same thing. You're going to get the benefit of that. I'm gonna I say am. it's fifty-fifty. I'm gonna say had he wanted to, had Borat taken a little bit longer to come in that room, maybe. Maybe. We would 
even see it. But but just like like the thing is, it's right. You know what? Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand with you, Arthur. Like I don't want to defend this human being because it's a terrible human being. But I. Uh, but, but the thing is, like, she's asking for her address and she's asking for her phone. No, 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 but yes. actually, I was actually I have an article here with like all the real appearance of Borat. Yeah. Let me talk about them. And Rudy Giuliani's very good. So the way he got Giuliani is that. Oh, that was brilliant, yeah. How he did it is that there was a dark corner in the on the hotel room and he hid on it. So when Giuliani's security detail went inside, they missed Sasha Baron Cohen. Well also I think it was Borat evaded Juliana's security detail. It was was the security detail Secret Service? Or I don't believe like, I don't believe really it's Secret Service. Okay. Okay. I, just, I just I just feel like that would be hilarious to like fucking Borat evaded the Secret Service. <laughs> That's a headline. But but I think kind of like the genius as well is kind of like how so, they so get the interview with Twitter, right? Because they collaborate with the uh, Russian thing. Yeah, yeah, RT, yeah. RT, RT, yeah, that was brilliant to be honest. Like yeah, what you know what Russia they do a lot, but. Uh, they went too much. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, hey, they won 2016. They went a lot. But, uh, yeah, no, the article, like, uh, Baron Cohen told this to Stephen Colbert. And he goes, the high stakes. No, sorry, it's not. Yes, it yes. is. Wow. Yes, good job. Thank you. It's a disgrace what took place. Thank you, Sarkar. No, this is the one. The high stakes interview almost fell apart because of a phone of low battery. In order to surprise Giuliani, the comedian hit in a dark hideaway. Which allowed him to stay out of view of Giuliani's private security, he wasn't his private security, who did a sweep of the whole room. And the reason why the phone was killed it is that they didn't charge his phone. The production team did not charge uh, Cohen's phone. So he couldn't get a message to Wench jump in. So what he was doing is just putting the phone on airplane mode, waiting 10 minutes, taking it out, checking, no messages, airplane mode again. Because he had 3%. Well, that was super fucking risky. Within the situation that we were which like explains what, which explains why he jumped in so early, right? Because if you put his phone in airplane mode while Giuliani is putting his hand on his dick, he's only gonna take it off the next five minutes. Might miss it, right? Yeah. Also, like I, I think it. I don't know because at the end of the day, like he's also the producer for the film, right? Yeah. So he's trying, and, and also in this scenario with Rudy Giuliani. He's not the one being affected. The one being affected is the the daughter or the actress in this kind of like scenario, right? So I don't know if he was came as a producer, kind of like protecting her, saying like this is going to go too far, or he's going to try something or whatever. But I think if he was in that scenario, or if he was like him, being the one kind of like yeah. being suggested or something, I, I don't think he would have thought, you know, like I don't think he would have like rushing or something like we probably would have get like a, a nice view of like a pixelated thing from Rudy Giuliani, you know. If it was Borat being the one in situation, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an interesting. You brought up Rodrigo a few times of um, uh, of discussing the possibility of this film really showcased the fact that um, that Borat can't really effectively be Borat quite as much anymore because he's recognized, right? Yes. So you know, you you your theory was that um, the daughter character might sort of become the new like that's that's it is uh, Tuta. Right? Tuta. Yeah. Tuta. Sorry. Um, will be will become kind of the new Borat. Borat three will be. 
uh, Tutar uh, as the main character, uh, independent of Borat, and then that Sasha Baron Cohen will take a, a bit more of a, a backseat role, maybe you know, show up for a cameo or something. But well, I, I think that because also within, like, and, and I hope this is not taken out of context or something, but I think changing kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen, even with the disguises that he was making in this movie, it's kind of like if you do a third part or something, it's kind of clear like you're getting, you're getting tricked, you know? I, I'm not overestimating like. Uh, Giuliani. Yeah, like, Giuliani, like, I think in, in March, did an interview where he said, yeah, uh, it's, uh, a guy in weird clothing entered my hotel room and started shouting. I think that was Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, exactly. So right. I, I think for a third part, like, for a third part, like, it's going to be like super hard for him to be. Especially now, because Laura Chu is a lot more mainstream than Laura Exactly. Like, it's, it's not kind of because beforehand it was kind of like something edgy that people watch and it was like, oh, so they're saying this and they're doing this and that. Now with this social commentary being so relevant about what Catholic would really do and everything, I don't think Sasha Baron Cohen can like get away with anything. But if they do it with the daughter, like, just, just imagine, like, you, you watch Tudor, how Tutar was uh, at the beginning of the movie, then how she changed at the end of the movie, and then like, just whatever they can do in the face or the, whatever they can do in the hair or whatever, I think it's easier for her ever since, oh, and also being her first movie, her first future film, it's easier for her to be like more undercover or whatever. And we don't know even like when at a Or that could also put it in the audience, right? So, so because like, especially because like Borat, I don't remember, I don't remember Borat 1, I'm sorry. But Borat 2, he goes a lot after, like, big people, he goes after The movie's about to go after him. Trump, Mike Pence, Ray Giuliani. Yep. He makes jokes about Michael Flynn. Michael Cook is a brilliant bit that I think Rodrigo didn't show you. Which Mike, Mike Pence says no, right? It's a one day session for Giuliani. And they go, and, and Tutar is going through like Trump's accomplices to see who she can hit on. Oh, yeah. And then she goes, oh, Michael Flynn arrested. Michael Cohen in yeah. jail. Paul Manafort house arrest. <laughs> it's like all the Trump people. And then she goes to Giuliani. She goes, oh, Giuliani, yeah, Giuliani. That's how they pick the target. Yeah. Right. And, and also, and, 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 and the, what I'm trying to say is that journalists, not journalists, politicians like Giuliani, Manfort, every other, you know, even like Pence, right? They will recognize Sasha Baron Cohen. But the beauty of the internet is that we have a lot of very not smart right wing people on YouTube and Twitch. They're huge. I mean, you have people like Dave Rubin and Tim Cole talk about white genocide and the death of the white race, like it's a big thing coming. I mean, Jordan B. Peterson, one of the biggest minds on the right, loves talking about eugenics and how white people are less criminal, less animalistic than black people. You know what? I believe, and this is controversial, but I believe that Jeff Evergoen could get himself on the Tim Cast IRL or on the InfoWars show. So, you know, maybe if he changes to internet people instead of like, Big politicians. Yeah, I think you get a few people. You could get a few fishes. Yeah. I'm gonna just go back to this whole thing about the daughter because I don't even want to touch that with a ten foot pole. No, 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 no. But but I think it's a good point. But the uh, the fact of the matter is like <laughs> also Stepford's like hey Tim Pole. I'll fight you watch and show up to your podcast. No, but but also like I'll show up. Fucking Arthur man, like. Uh, <laughs> But sorry, I, man, it, it's, it's been 40 minutes, I gotta have to fight. But, but I think, like, the, kind of like the... I'm sorry, Tim Pool, it's not you, it's the corporate pool. 
you know, like, hygiene folks. <laughs> this is why we miss on Zoom calls. You, you guys were uh, more educated through Zoom, but it's okay. Uh, you had manners in Zoom, but uh, no. But I, I think it's interesting the, the question that you're posing because at the end of the day, this movie has like a message. Like it is kind of like showcasing what has been going on with the Republicans, with the social image that a woman can have towards men and also towards public interest through internet or whatever with the character of Tutor, kind of like what is actually what feminism is fighting for, for these women that are kind of like oppressed and this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is we don't know when a Borat 3 will come into place because Borat 2, as you mentioned, came like 14 years after, 14 years after the first film, right? And it came in at the right moment. It came because pretty much, and sorry for saying it, America is another place right now with everything that is going on. And even like they didn't even touch at the moment the the BLM movement that could have easily fit within the movie, you know. But we don't know when it's going because, as I just said before, it's going to sound controversial. But we don't know when we're going to need a Borat three, you know. Because at the end of the day, like... 20, 2028, when Donald Trump starts his fourth term, he's going to be like Mr. House in Palo Alto, Vegas. <laughs> when he's not Mr. President anymore and he's Mr. Emperor? It, 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 it's going to be... Like, Divine Emperor Trump? If anyone oh, oh, you, you joke, but on the Donald, the Donald Trump subreddit, you call him... Overlord. No, not Overlord. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a 40k reference. It's a Warhammer 40k reference. Yeah. Divine Emperor. Not even Divine Emperor, it's God Emperor. God, God, God Emperor of the yeah. God Emperor, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll take. Talking about optics, what did you think about the, the whole song of Borat uh, in, the, in that rally? Oh, because I think it's that. one of the highlights of the movie. To That's awesome. That is, for context, that is a rally in, actually, by the side of us, it's in Olympia, Washington. And it is, oh. it's, not, it's not the United Right rallies. Our Right rally. It's an anti mask rally. It's a. It's, there's many things right wing, it's an anti-science rally. Arthur. Yes, go ahead. I lived in Washington. Did you know? For a lot of my life. Did you? Go ahead. I could have gone the rest of my life without knowing that that was filmed in Washington. Why did you tell me that? Those are my people. Well, you're people. And I had lived in Alaska. I had lived in Missouri. I had lived in Washington. And I did not. I, Washington was the one place so it was sacred. I was like, Seattle, it's my people. They're not racist, crazy assholes. I can be okay here. It's great. And then you tell me that. So you tell me this! You tell me this! You come to me on the, the eve of my daughter's wedding. And you you give me this information and you ruin. I can never go to Olympia now. I can never, ever go to Olympia now. Let's talk about this for a second. Again, this is a, a thermos. Do you have the lyrics? Do you have the lyrics of this? I'll grab the lyrics real quick. But this is a... This is a uh, oh, hates America or something. I'll grab the lyrics in a second, but then this is a, it's a thermos article explaining how they did it. It's kind of interesting. So... Okay, go for it. Back in June, back in June, a few knew that the performance was actually part of another horror movie. After videos from the event went viral, Matt Marshall, one of the organized of the right-wing group behind the event, gave an interview with NPR that provided a revealing glimpse into how Baron Cohen teams operate 
when trying to pull off a big sample like this. The production team posed as a California-based organization called Back to Work USA. You fucking idiots. You fucking eat anything. You'll buy anything. Americans for God. He could call his company Americans for God and you immediately think it would be legit, wouldn't you? Anyway. Which coordinated with the event organizers and paid it off with fifty thousand dollars to help oh, stage oh, it. Fuck. We have that budget, can we have fifty thousand dollars for next Yeah, Rodrigo, can we have fifty K for uh for next film? The quote I can only imagine this like please. Hey Sasha, it's kind of a dick move. How uh, you made it sound racist, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's too bad. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sasha? Hello, Sasha? Uh, I already think that. Sasha? I already think that. I, I, I think he's on a tunnel. Uh, I'm gonna wait. He's on a tunnel. <laughs> Sasha, come back. No. <laughs> like, man, like, when I let my guard down, right, I share a white room. Right? When I let my guard down, I. Alright, got... hold up, hold up, hold up. What, 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 well, are we not gonna talk about what you just said? When I let my guard down, I don't go, Obama, what we gonna do? Inject him with the Wuhan flu. That's not something I say when I let my guard down. Yeah. You know? Because that's the thing, like, in the, in the film, like, out of nowhere, like, they come up with this song and, and whatever, and you can see people in the rally, like, oh yeah, like, and, and also, like, lip singing and all that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, even, you know, like, even to people that I, I don't like or something, I wouldn't, you know, like, have that desire of, like, hey, hopefully you get coronavirus, like, not a fucking old, you know? So, apparently this wasn't in the movie, if it was, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. He says that at some point, they figured out it was Borat. In the rally. In the rally. And they rushed the stage. No, that, that didn't. So, yeah, he's saying, one of the guys that stormed the stage was went for his pistol. Luckily... Luckily enough, there was a very brave, brave guard who learned it, who leaned in and said, it's not worth it, buddy. So, really, but like, so the context is that they found out it was, it was Borat. And Sasha Baron Cohen is not an idiot. He had a security detail with him because he organized the rally. So there was a security team for him. And he also is wearing a bulletproof vest under his suit. Oh, really? Scene. Yes. What? It's the first time, did, first time he did that. No, you okay. see the footage of all the people with the assault rifles? He took the gun out. He was actually a gunman. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, so to to our audience who may or may not be from uh, from a not just the U.S. but from a from a red state or from a more wait Washington red state gun liberal state. Washington is a weird middle ground. Washington has a lot of people outside of Seattle with a lot of guns. Place that I fired the assault rifle. I, I, uh, for our audience, I fired numerous size caliber weapons. Uh, the place that I fired the assault rifle was actually in Washington, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, you see? No, okay. Washington State. Um, so it's actually more open. Like, it's not as, it's not as bad as California. It's not where I'm getting scared. Just get to the plane, please. No, man, you know, in there. I got you next to me. What uh, is, like, no, 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 no. like, that's legit, like, a thing. People will just, like, fucking walk around with, like, high caliber weapons. Like those, you th you look at that shot and you think like, oh man, wow, the guy's like carrying an assault rifle and he's like in ready position carrying an assault rifle. That's just a thing that people. Do. You know what? Uh, like I remember you told me that you you left Brazil like at fifteen or something. Yes, like, uh, right. Right. I left Brazil. But either way, like I left Mexico like at my fuck 
my acquaintances are just fucked. You froze me left? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is like you don't see armed people in the streets, you know, like it's unless it's unless it's like somebody dangerous, like somebody like an arco or, or, or cops or cops. Even cops. But yeah. but even that, you know? And it, it, it's crazy. And you don't really see us all that well that much. It was like for me it was a crazy experience the first time I went to Berlin to visit my brother's side of the family. And I remember very vividly it was after one of the thousands of like you know, terrorist shootings that we had in our 21st century society. And walking through the Berlin airport, the security guards like MP5s just walked straight from the airport MP5s. Yeah. It was the first time I actually saw an automatic weapon in my life. And the balls and built and scary at the same time. And it's fucked up, you know? Because like when you're a kid, like in whatever country you play guns and you do like the thing you yeah, play like, cops and robbers. Yeah, and whatever and right. even you have like the plastic weapons. Well once you see like the actual thing, it's like fuck. Like yeah, you have to run. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a death machine. Yeah. You yeah. point and you kill. Wait, so, have you guys uh have you guys ever fired? No, I guess, I guess I haven't asked. Like, it's, I feel like I should have had this conversation with you, but now we're about to have it on camera. No, no, no. I, I, I never. So I actually really want you to go on a range and shoot once because I'm like, what do you say? Is... I'm, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a gun nerd, as in I never touched a weapon, but I love knowing their names and what they do. Well, they yeah, them. I remember you having that kind of like conversation of Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption. Or like yeah, because like exactly, like, I, I like knowing what even though I never shot one, I like knowing what they do. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I'm a as liberal as it gets, but I do stand. I mean, the Karl Marx earlier on natural tanky, that's about tankies. But uh, I actually understand that people should be allowed to be armed. I, I'm not. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think that they should, even though very Where? liberal. Everywhere. So, uh, as we mentioned in the, the Borat, coming back to Borat to continue what the episode is about, uh, at, at the end of the day, like, just as closing thoughts on the movie, like, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, I'm not saying like it's the best movie that I have ever seen. But I think it's a movie that is relevant towards this time, you know. I'm, it's, it's relevant because of the topics that it touches on. And the thing is, like, it's kind of like what we're trying to do with some of our projects of, like, giving a point of view without, like, scolding you, you know. I think that's kind of like the importance of Borat. It's kind of like, it's, it's not being like a teacher, and it's not being kind of like, hey, this is like America 101, you know. It's kind of like, it showcases you what people actually think in the US, you know, and I think that's really important because yeah. nowadays, like, some people like to hide their opinion or even, like, the ones that say it out loud, they don't even say, like, the things that, for example, we see in this movie, where it's, like, pretty much, like, as we mentioned before, you have to be submissive to, like, be attractive to men. Yeah. You have, uh, what is worse than the coronavirus are the Democrats. Uh, all these, guys, these are things that people would never say ever in a million years in front of a journalist. Um, absolutely, and that was kind of the point I brought up earlier of agreeing really with what you're bringing up now like as much as people might try to say oh it's misleading or it's whatever I do actually again the comedy is not for me it does not it does not resonate with me personally but that is not to say that I I feel any disrespect or disdain for SBC himself because at the end of the day that form of media will forever be integral to a free and open media society because it is it is challenging on a on a journalist on a yeah. on a scientist there are there are expectations placed rightly so there there should be those expectations placed but on a journalist 
you can only get so far. The irony of a journalist badge gets you much further than a civilian badge, but it only gets you so far. Whereas a civilian badge gets you so much further than a journalist because, because these days there's a war of journalists in general, yeah. journalist class, <laughs> the fake news. The fake news media folks. They're down there shaking down. The yeah. fake news media is trying to take down my president. Well, I hate four one years because of the dirty Democrats, the fake news media. Maybe my first four years just to defend any eight yeah. 16 years. 16 Trump. Hundred more years. I love that comment from him at SBC. And I will say in that film, I did love this comment. But as everybody's saying, chanting four more years, he's like, hundred more years. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I did. And, I did and like you know what? Like, I think also the fact of like. You're just thinking it through, you know, like right now with the documentary that we're making, like we have kind of like this thought process of like, okay, we should we say this, should we not? Kind of like we're being really careful because of the topic, right? Mm. But the fact of the matter is like something I really respect from Sasha Baron is like the fact that in this movie, he pretty much went all out, you know, like mm. That, that, like, I don't know, like, for example, if, just as a producer, you know, if I got that Woody Giuliani, like, clip, I would be like, I, I don't know, man, like, it, it's kind of scary to have that power, you know? So he actually, he actually has clips worse than that. No, of course. So, like, he actually mentioned one of these, I don't know, I, I've read the article, I'm not sure if it's Borat 1 or Borat 2, I believe because of how recent the article was, it's a Borat 2 clip that got cut. Yeah. But he does have a clip where he allegedly uncovers a oh yeah this a is child sex ring. This is Borat okay. He allegedly discovers a child sex ring on a hotel that he goes to. And he gives it to the CIA, right? Where he the yeah, where he actually like the, the, the bellboy told him like he, he jokingly said, Oh, I'm from Kazakhstan, I want a little boy to be of my own with him. And the bellboy actually offered him a contact with someone that could get him a little boy to sleep with him in his room. And he got shot for the movie. So of course they took the media down and they gave the FBI. And but according to SBC, Sacramento and Cohen, the FBI did nothing. Well, also, like, to, now, to, to take into consideration... It, just, I just want to clarify this. Yeah, I don't want to say this as, oh, the FBI is protecting pedophiles. I don't know that. I truly don't. It could be that it, there's already a sting operation on it, and the FBI don't want to bow it, so they want to catch more evidence, so they didn't do anything yet. It or could be that the footage isn't, isn't incriminating enough. It, could be, it yeah. also yeah. could be that they're the deep state lizard people are protecting pedophiles, yes, it very much well could be. But I I like believing evidence evidence based stuff. And as long as there's no evidence for that, I will not trust it. I think it, it was a smart choice to, to, to take that out and just give it to the to the correspondent yeah. like uh, officials or whatever. Because at the end of the day, that wouldn't be funny. The the fact that the matter is like scary. that would be it would be a more funny moment. Yeah, like the, the thing is like all of these bits that we have like written over here in the in this paper like that to some extent is funny because it's actually true you know and the fact of the matter is like having to uncover like out of nowhere a whole pedophilia kind of stuff from a, a hotel or something that wouldn't be funny that would be just like yeah. fuck like and also it, it would just be mainstream or something like this news sure maybe cut some people off guard and they're like playing their cards maybe more discreetly uh, or something, but if it was in the movie, they would be like, oh fuck, like I'm unlinking myself from that right away, you know? Yeah, because at that point, again, even if this FBI went forward with it, it's, uh, again, took 20 years for them to actually get something on Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And when they did it, they killed him. But some of them, yeah, some of them killed him. So these things take time. 
Yeah. I know a lot of people like, oh, the FBI is protecting the Clinton Foundation, the FBI is protecting the Clinton Foundation, all the sex, your sex trafficking went under the Pizza Hut. I don't think it's that. I honestly think it's just like, it's, it's something that takes time and it's bigger and it sucks. We live in a reality, there are sick people out there. Well, it's a system. Children. It's a system at the end of the day. I, I have a question real quick. Okay. Yeah. I know you said, it, well, you didn't say it's wrong, but it's kind of like, why would you make a joke out of this, right? But don't you think it makes it more digestible for people to take this, like, they take this reality and just give it to a wider audience, just like, by making a joke out of it? Because at the end of the day, like, sure, I laugh at, I laugh at what happens within the movie, but at the end of the day, at least for me, like, I, Rodrigo, I still think, like, as you said, as you're saying, fuck, these people exist, you know? People that don't want me, people that don't want Arthur, people that, like, at the end of the day, if liberals, have, or liberals or Democrats had, like, lesser rights or something, they would be shut down or something like that. And, and, and before you reply, I want to remind you that there's a, lot, there's a number of people out there that in 2020 refuse to watch Schindler's List or The Boy in because they're sad movies, they're horrible movies, and they're very important when it comes to education about the Holocaust, right. and, and they refuse to watch because they're sad. And, and, and the or it being a comedy actually gets people that wouldn't otherwise watch political motivated stuff to watch funny Kazakhstan men and actually come with something out of it. And, and the same deal can be said about Mexican cinema, to be honest. Like, a lot of people criticize like Roma and criticize like, I was never. Uh, I don't remember. I was about to say I was never here. Huge Mexican. To our audience, to our audience, we're making a documentary called "I Was Never Here." It'll come out sometime in twenty twenty or twenty twenty. I think it's called "I'm Not Here Anymore." Something like that. I just like it crossed like my cables, you know. But is that like you can see what some segregated like part of the community in Mexico have been going through, and people don't want to go to the cinema to watch this because they're already experiencing it within this. So it's easier for them to go watch a romantic comedy where it's just like, I'll forget about all my problems. I think what something important makes it quick and important is like, yeah, you're going to go out laugh, but at the end of the day, like, the, the, the issues still exist, you know? You're watching on the screen, like, at the end of the day. One quick second. Here's my one very quick second. Right, do, uh, do, do you have one very quick second? Just for the audience that wants to see the, the film Rodrigo mentioned, it's actually called I'm No Longer Here. I'm No Longer Here. That's the movie. Sorry about that. No, so, no. so here's the thing. I, I get where you're coming from. At the end of the day, I'm a really big believer in... Um, I mean, we were just talking the other day about a, about a script that I read that I it will remain unnamed for... Because... Because we're not kids. Because I'm not... Because we're not we, we try to be good people sometimes. Right. Um, where, where I felt very disappointed that it was not a comedy embracing uh, a social justice message, but that was rather a very literal interpretation of its, of its uh, uh, long line, or yes. its sort of summary. I, I, I will 100% stand behind a comedian taking a social stance through their comedy and embracing the reality that if I tell you a sad story, you will sympathize all day long, but if I tell you a comedic story, you will empathize. Yes. By the actual definitions of those words, it's like, I'm not going to open that door. Yeah. <clears throat> um, The thing is, and, and again, I will I will admit that maybe this is because of where I was, where I grew up, and maybe that because now where I am in my reality of my life, where I where I put my 
myself very intentionally with much degree of effort. Yep. Where I am now, I can look at the second uh, movie and, and realize, uh, have a much different perspective on the second film. My closing thoughts on Borat are that I don't mean to say that I enjoyed the movie very much, because I did. I very much enjoyed the movie. It was a short, sweet, fun time. But I do have to say, for my friend Stepper here on my left, that blaming, like saying that, oh, Borat's only funny because it happens in America. Today is the 1st of November 2020. On the 31st of November, October 2020, was a day called Halloween. In the middle of the pandemic, Vancouverites went to a huge street party on our main street member. So, the anti-science, anti-information, ignorance movement is not an American problem. And it's very easy to say it's an American problem, it's Trump's fault. It is, there's a very big anti-science, anti-intellectual movement. It's almost like a reverse renaissance. In the renaissance, we had the, the, the enlightenment, right? Where a lot of people were like being intellectual and going after information. Yeah. This is the opposite of that. People are, it, it's, it's, Feelings over facts, right? We have we know how the coronavirus works, but a lot of people feel like they're being lied to. They don't have any evidence that they're being lied to, but they feel like they are. So they go to street parties, maybe. So saying it's an American problem is incorrect. And I want to clarify that. The reason why Bora went to America is because Sasha Cohen chose America. But they could very well like very well move a movie like this on Canada, on Mexico. Germany, on Mexico, yeah. on Netherlands, on Brazil. This is not an American problem. Anti-intellectualism is a thing in the entire world. And it's very important to expose it for this. And I think it's a very important for that. But I want to make that very clear that it's not, for my American friends, it's not just We all have idiots. As we pointed out after like, uh, unintelligent or just ignorant kind of comments or, or just kind of like this way that we're going for. Because even like, who writes in the movie says it like, Oh yeah, my daddy is the the wisest man in the whole flat world, or, or this kind of stuff, you know. It's, it's not validating those ideas. It's kind of like mocking that these ideas are happening in today's day and age, you know, where we have all the information at the tip of our fingers, literally in our phones, but we choose not to see them. We choose like what we're feeling at the moment, as you, as you pointed out. But I honestly, as host, this episode, this first live episode of Who's Mind ha has been a blast. Arthur, I gotta finish this episode. Did, did you like Bora 2? I love Bora. I said I love Bora. Did you like Bora 2? Yeah. I hated Bora 1. I love. I, I actually like Bora. Did you like Bora 2? I love Bora 2. Awesome. Guys, if you want to keep this going, please subscribe to the channel Chingot Media. Please give a like to it. And please let us know what you guys want for us to talk about in the next couple of episodes. So thank you for joining us on this special, very special first on studio episode of Mike. On the future, we are planning to record this live and have a lot of chat with you guys that are joining us here. Through our future Twitch stream. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a blast. On the future, all these live episodes are also going to do alcohol. Hopefully, we're going to keep it on our mark, on our 30 mark. That said, we are done. Thank you for joining us for our first studio episode of Boost Mike. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye bye bye!